guys, this is Dallas here, back for another episode from Just Three Brothers Podcast. Um, also, I'm Hulkbusters on Twitch and YouTube. Um, if For social media information, you can follow us in the description below. Um, today, we're talking about the DC big boy, and that's Batman. Um, the one-man wrecking crew, the only guy that's completely human, but his utility belt saves everybody. Um, so today, basically, we're going to be talking about the animated series and the movies. We might dive into the comics a little bit, but there's just so many different depictions of Batman there. They will probably leave that for another podcast. So um, I'll just start it off by saying um, I'm a huge Batman fan. I have been since I was probably four years old. I used to have all the toys. I used to have Batman Lego. Uh, like you name it, I, I had it. I used to have Batman shirts when I was even you know 25, 26. Like I, I just love Batman. I love DC in general. I think they're dark and gritty compared to you know the the lightheartedness of Marvel, which is kind of a nice change. Obviously the DCU. I haven't been that big of a fan of. Um, I didn't mind Aquaman, um, Wonder Woman. The first one was good. Second one was dog shit. Um, but but the Batman movies, especially the Nolan trilogy, really, uh, they're just amazing. The the bad guys in them, um, you know, old school Liam Nielsen as uh, as uh, what's his name? Come on, help me out here. Raz Al Ghul. Raz Al Ghul. There we go. Um, obviously Heath Ledger, rest in peace. Um, and obviously Tom Hardy, my boy is Bane. Take control of your city. Love him. Love him to death. So anyway, we'll let Catelyn jump jump into this one, and then uh, yeah, we got lots to talk about when it comes to the Dark Knight. Let's get it. I mean, he's iconic. You know him. He's the Cape Crusader. He's, uh, you know, Gotham's shadow who's always kind of trying to save the day. Um, I think that Batman is, in my opinion, one of the most interesting um, heroes, uh, superheroes for sure, that's ever been depicted um, in movies and, uh, you know, in comics or whatever. I've always think that uh, his, uh, his character development have all, has always been so interesting. Even way, way back in the day when he was when he first came out, with the detective comics when it was him and his little twink boy robin i still thought that that was kind of a cool dynamic how it was more focused on detectives it was very sherlock holmes they had gadgets and stuff i'm a sucker for gadgets i love the utility belt um they always seem to have some kind of bat shark spray or something to really push the the series forward but then they kind of got away from the um adam west style kind of detective style and they really started to flesh him out as a hero i feel the first time was really with the uh the batman animated series with uh, all its great villains and the animation was so crisp and great the voice acting was amazing i really really uh i mean of course uh you know mark hamill's the joker in these uh, animated series i believe that was the first time he actually depicted the joker um, it was incredible. I think these the animated series was uh, just so well done. And then I think they even came out with a few movies. I know that uh, uh, there was Phantom. Mask of the Phantasm. Mask, Mask of the Phantasm is what it was called. I, I, I love that movie. I love the design of that character. And uh, I just think that Batman is such a great hero. Going from this kind of, uh, you know, 1950s detective style to this very dark and gritty and very... Uh, kind of ominous character who you know has hides a lot of pain behind that mask so I, I think that his development has been incredible um sometimes he doesn't even really feel like he's a hero he's just trying to survive the the gruesome streets of gotham i really really liked how they did that and then obviously it was catapulted and took into the you know to the star system when uh, nolan took hold of those i think those are some of my favorite movies in in just general 
regardless of being superhero movies, but just how he made, you know, the Joker or the Scarecrow and, and Bane feel very like grounded. And it was what it would look like if it was realistic. We had a very different Bane in this movie, of course, and a very different Joker, you know, at, at, at points where Bane is holding his, uh, his lapel or his, his jacket the whole time. I thought at one point he was going to pull it off and start pumping the venom and get Jack, but he never did that. And I, originally I was a little disappointed that he didn't have any kind of venom. I think they explained it later that in his mask, it was like a, a pain reducer almost like it was a, uh, you know, it was helping him not be in agonizing pain with the mask, which I thought was a nice little tip of the hat to the venom. But, but I'm, I'm talking the venom that would make him bigger than the Hulk. And then you just break your back and it's game over. Um, that Bane was a lot of fun, I think. But it was nice to see Nolan take these characters and really ground them and make it feel like, oh, wow, this could actually really happen if, uh, you know, some psycho just decided to do stuff like this in New York or something. Yeah, I've definitely always been a fan of the of just Christopher Nolan movies in general, even Inception, even recently Tenet. I know that movie got a lot of written, mixed reviews, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I think the Christopher Nolan movies are just a lot better in my opinion than the route they've taken recently with the the DC cinematic universe I guess you'd call it Uh, I thought it was kind of odd that they didn't have a standalone Batman movie I know they had one for Superman but then they kind of just introduced Batman's character in Batman v Superman which I think they could have done better I mean that movie had a really slow pace at the beginning so I think if they had a separate Batman movie that movie could have been just more focused on just Batman and Superman duking it out. And uh, I'm also a little bit confused. I, I guess they're rebooting Batman with uh, with Robert Pattinson. And I'm just wondering how they plan to do that. Like, with, is, with the I'm not DC sure how they plan. Universe. It's, I'm not, not sure. it's not DC Universe, by the way. Just It's completely oh. separate from the DC. I'm not universe. sure how they plan on doing that. But this is the first superhero movie in a while that I'm very excited about. Oh, me know? too. Um, I uh, always kind of thought Robert Pattinson was kind of a pillow biter just based on, you know, him doing the Twilight movies. But I mean, seeing him in Lighthouse and stuff, he's a, a top shelf actor. This guy is great. And just the advert for um, seeing the new Batman again, I don't know where this fits in uh, to the DCU, if, if at all, but I'm very excited for this one. Um, I, was I, don't, not- I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Good Time with Robert Pattinson, but that's a really great film where he plays kind of like this gritty guy on the streets and he's trying to help his mentally disabled brother by like robbing banks together and shit that was a really good movie no i've never seen that but he's great and again i think he's even been uh you know he made mention of the fact that you know sometimes you wish he doesn't he didn't do the uh twilight series because people don't really take him that seriously um again that i i don't know if he actually said that or there's something i read um but i think he's phenomenal and i think he's gonna tear it up as this new batman i love the look of it i think uh we're getting back to the, the the really dark, gritty atmosphere that you know Nolan's uh, perfected. I think that Batman versus Superman, the movie. Uh, although I, I'll admit, I actually really enjoyed a lot of things of the character of Batman. I liked how uh, the design of the Batman. It was probably my favorite Batman that they've done in movies. Just the look of the suit, and it's very bulky. And I think that Ben Affleck could have been a great Batman, despite a lot of the choices they made in the script. I think that he was great. I liked the little subtle things, like when he's fighting in that warehouse, he's just bodying people and slamming them. I like the fight scenes in that movie a lot. Um, and also the the voice changer is subtle, but I think that's so great. You don't have to have this like you have in the. Where are they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sounds like these, he's uh, Marvels. 
which I always thought was strange in the Nolan movies too that he's using this voice constantly even sometimes with Alfred I thought that was strange it's like he 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 knows you're Bruce Wayne like I don't know what we're doing here but you know Nolan's were always just so great how they they really uh rejuvenated the backstory of Batman how like he trained with ninjas and he was a part of the League of Shadows with Ra's al Ghul like I always really thought that was so interesting to like how did Batman become this martial arts expert where he's breaking necks and cashing checks, you know? Um, but it was really good to see that. And then of course we discover in the third installment of Nolan's that Bane also was initiated in the league of shadows and just very great. I mean, these movies are perfectly quotable. They're great. The Joker one's great. I mean, it was the best performance that an actor has ever done uh, with Joker rip, rip in peace. Um, but like I say, um, these are phenomenal movies about a, a phenomenal character, really. Um, the thing I think is Batman is just such a unique character, like all the way from the comics. Um, and the one thing I really like about this Robert Pattinson movie that you're bringing up is it kind of brings him back to that grassroots of being a detective, um, especially having Riddler is like it, apparently the main bad. Like it just it literally brings him back to that that's detective, the sneaky, like sneaking around trying to solve solve puzzles, solve crimes, where is his in recent movies. He's just, you know, he's just a hammer, you know, just going around and just beating it out of the criminals, whereas this one it's just got that that nice it's like almost like a crime a crime feel you know what i mean like but a it also show feels like they're oh don't get me wrong look at that one i am vengeance and he just beats the living shit out of him then then buddy's done he gives him four more it was like like that trailer was probably out of all the batman trailers honestly that i've seen i i i literally am so excited for this robert pattinson one and like you guys say a lot of people don't take robert pattinson seriously but he's a really, really, really good actor, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do as the Cape Crusader. Um, a problem that I had with um, the Ben Affleck Batman, I think Ben Affleck's a great actor, like amazing. Me and Carter just recently watched a movie called The Town that Ben Affleck also directed, and he is a just he's just amazing. Like he's just a really good actor, and honestly, he he to me, even in the Justice League, he was the only character to me that actually shone in that movie. And it was a horrible script. It was a flop from the get go. But I mean, even in Batman vs Superman, he didn't have an intro, but he just came in there, like you said, in the in the in the garage scene where he's literally he bat grapples the one guy and just smashes his head through the floorboards and like. Dude, I love it. It's, dude, he's sick, dude. And Ben Affleck is a big boy. He's a big boy. He's not like Christian Bale, 5'10", 180 pounds. He's freaking 6'4", 240 like me, big boy, doing freaking chin-ups with freaking 200-pound weights on his – you know what I mean? Like he's just a – He, I can picture him as Batman. And you know what? The, the, the fact is – he was a gritty Batman. It was because of his age. You know that he was weathered. You know what I mean? Robin, it, it showed in the. I think it was. Um, I think it was Batman vs Superman where it showed that Robin's um, uniform what was up up in one of the pictures spray painted oh, yeah. spray painted with ha 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 on it. So obviously that was um, uh, not not Dick Grayson. It would have been Arnold Tom or something. It was the second Robin anyway that got killed. So he had been down that road already. He he's had his his sidekick get killed. You know what I mean? He's just he, and he just had no sympathy. He literally like he he was killing people in that movie straight up with his freaking Batmobile. Like he just I don't know. He just didn't have time for any shenanigans. He's been I through think, the ringer. Um, I think Carter kind of was right when he was saying that it was a little bit of a confusing choice that they made because again they're setting it. I th I th I have to kind of assume that they've 
kind of thought there's been so many Batman origin movies that they that is true. I didn't think about that. People know the drill. They know like if you're if you're a fan of Batman, you know his origin story. You know the gun down in the streets and the pearls going everywhere, and it's real sad. Um, We all know the origin. Um, It would have been nice to see what they could have done with the origin, as far as uh, you know. Obviously, the Joker exists in that. realm i believe it's the suicide squad joker if i'm not mistaken is that, that canon i that'd be, be really disappointing he, to batman was, was in that movie saves them from the car going in the water oh, that's true yikes so again um <laughs> that's what happens when you don't nail the role of joker looks like when jared leto did it um people give it a lot of shit um i think it's justified I personally like the idea of this pimp Joker who's driving these Mazagotti. Lamborghini. Yeah, like I personally like this sort of stuff um, where he's, he kind of felt like a pimp. You know, he has, uh, you know, he's, he's in strip clubs with great clothes. I've always kind of thought that was a funny way to take Joker because they do kind of a subtle thing like that when uh, Joker's in Nolan, he has all custom clothes and it's. Uh, you you know, ought to know I, you bought it. Yeah. Um, I've always loved that scene too. Um, I just think that uh, it's very strange that they didn't kind of set it up. But I, again, like I say, I think the reason for that is because they've, they've kind of done it to death. I think the only one that's done it more than that is Spider-Man. I think we've seen more Spider-Man origin stories than any, any of the origin stories of anyone else combined. But one thing I will say, um, because I mean, obviously we're, we're here to bring Batman up and, and DC in general. I love DC. I feel like uh it's very gritty and dark and very grounded. And I feel like the characters are really great. Um, that's just comparatively to Marvel. I like Marvel as well, but I just feel like DC does it for me more. Just the way the characters are laid out and the stories and the characters in it are just so great. But one thing I will say is that as far as like, if we're doing like a competition between the DCU and the MCU, um, the DCU is getting smashed into the floorboards um, just based on the movies. I mean, but the- I do think they kill it in the cartoon department. Absolutely. Oh, the cartoons the animated are animated films. I love no doubt about DC, it. Uh, cartoons for sure. But if we're just comparing the uh, live action, uh, yeah, universe- the DCU, DC Cinematic Universe, or the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel, yeah, yeah. No if question. we're just comparing the two, um, I think that it's it's not even a contest. The Marvel has like gorgeously set up these movies, whereas DC is just throwing shit against the wall to see what will <laughs> stick. Um, they released a Justice League movie, and then they're releasing a Flash movie and a, a Cyborg movie. The decisions that they're making make absolutely no sense. I think that uh, Batman versus Superman, although there are a few things and I have to dig really hard to get to that kind of groundwork of the things I do like, um, the movie itself was terrible. It was a shitty movie. They tried to release a extended version with, uh, you know, more stuff, whatever. I didn't even bother seeing it. I know I was so pumped in the adverts when I saw the movie being released. And then when I saw the movie in the actual flesh at the theater, I was immensely disappointed. Um, I couldn't believe how bad it was. Uh, it seems like the writers didn't know what they were doing. It looked like they were just trying to rush something out to compete with the Marvel Universe because they do have a hold of this DC franchise. Um, the only thing I really liked from the movies, honestly, if I'm being completely honest, is just the DC icon where it shows it peeling back the metal. That's really all I liked. I thought that was such an incredibly uh, unique way of showing that logo. I think it's a cooler looking logo than the Marvel one, but I mean, that was only in the movie for maybe 0.5 seconds or whatever, but the rest of it was pretty much dog shit. So it was really unfortunate to see these great characters, uh, not Aquaman, the uh, like Flash and Cyborg and all these other great characters um, just get eviscerated and, and make look silly. So 
Um, another thing that I thought was really strange that they did in the movie is they tried to pack so much into it all at once. You know, they tried to mm-hmm. do a pseudo Batman origin story. They do, uh, you know, this is a somewhat of a sequel to Man of Steel, which I actually like that movie. Uh, it was a, you know, the formation almost of the, the Justice League. They throw in Wonder Woman in there. Um, they were doing all sorts of stuff and they did it poorly in every department. So it was very sad to see that uh, they missed the mark on everything. Not to mention, I think the biggest overlook that they did was they introduced Doomsday right out of the gate. Um, this Doomsday was terrible. This is the worst Doomsday I think you could have ever done. Um, Doomsday, in my opinion, is one of one of many of my favorite villains in DC in general and to see them completely just make this horrendous gross beast of a creature just um look terrible his the background's all wrong um it's just it's terrible how they 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 implemented this doomsday he looked bad he had abilities that he's never had before um he was what i would say relatively easily thwarted so there's just so so much wrong with that movie i could have an entire episode shitting on batman versus uh superman but uh again this is to bring batman up and the things we like about batman i think the one thing they did good in the in that is just the casting i think they did a really good job with the casting um superman's actor i can't think of his name off the top of my head henry cavill he was a he's a really good superman ben affleck i also agree he's a really good batman super jacked i think he's good for the role and even characters like the flash and uh wonder woman i think their casting was good but everything else is a miss i think personally i i will obviously take shit for this i think gal gadot was a terrible casting choice for wonder woman when i think of wonder woman i think of the you know the justice league cartoons where there's Jacques, the martian manhunter and hawker all that sort of thing diana is always this very stout massive amazonian woman she's this very muscle-ridden very stoic faced woman whereas gal gadot i mean she looks like she weighs 110 pounds and you can snap her in half like a twig um you know i don't think she fits the aesthetic i mean obviously people uh you know think she's gorgeous and she's you know fits the role really good and she's propelled the wonder woman series ahead just based on her looks alone um i wouldn't even say it's arguably acting talent um but i'm not a fan of her personally as wonder woman i'm sure she's cool in person and she has a lot of great traits i don't know her i just know that when i see wonder woman i want to see someone that looks like an amazonian i want to see these big thick rip chicks coming at you out of the gate with the big thighs coming so i didn't like gal gadot personally as the casting choice but i think that you know you hit the nail right on the head the casting choice for the rest of the characters were great i liked how kind of zany the flash was he's like this weird awkward little tweaker kind of feeling character and you know we don't really know much about cyborg we've only seen him a couple times um but i think that's great you know cast him as cyborg it was good and uh yeah, I think that the, the casting choice uh, was was pretty on the ball. I agree with the casting choice, honestly. Like like Carter said, Henry Cavill jacked, Ben Affleck jacked. Like superheroes kind of have to have that jacked vibe, you know. Uh, Gal Gadot, I think she's a great actress, and I think she's super pretty. But like you said, like at the end of the day, <sighs> Carter would snap her in half. You know what I mean? And like she's just like isn't like said, she like really tall though, or is that just a trick of the movie? I think she is like five eleven, which is like pretty tall for a woman i'm pretty sure i could i could be wrong but i mean i feel like she's like six foot at least like i'm not sure i might be totally wrong on that but 
Well, we'll confirm. I, we'll confirm that later. But I'm, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. But yeah, she definitely has that tall vibe. But like you said, I think there's a lot of other chicks that could have done a better job. Um, a chick that I can think of right off the top of my head that I know is a great actress and and is thick boy is that uh, the chick from The Mandalorian. Um, she was also um, the bad guy in Deadpool. Oh, chick. she's good. She's, yeah, she she used to be a mm. UFC fighter and she's put yeah. on some weight and she's. She's, she's good, good looking. Or and even she's... China, if China was still alive, I think she could have been a great Wonder Woman. She has that look. Um, but again, she, I, I don't, I, I believe she passed away some time ago, but I think she Steroids. would have been a great, a great Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, she was juiced to the max. I think <laughs> really all you'd have to do is find a dark haired woman who is in professional bodybuilding and we could have really uh, took that Amazonian to the next level. But uh, yeah, like I say. But that's um, the thing. All the Amazonians were really were like in the whole movie they none of them were thick boy they were all fairly skinny and just pretty faces right especially in justice league on the island they were none of them were like jack they were all just skinny like and don't get me wrong i get that's what hollywood does like big buff guy skinny fit model chick but it's just not very comic book accurate or or anything like that and again i won't sit here and say that diane in the comics or even in the justice league animated series was this rippling hulking woman it's just she felt very um genuine to the character she felt like uh you know she felt stoic and very heroic and i just think that uh she was really well done in the animated series and again i i don't want people to think that i'm shitting too hard on gal Gadot or however you pronounce her name um, I think that she's a f uh, fine addition to the series. I just wish that they would have uh, tried to elevate that role and try to find someone because Wonder Woman, um, you know, is is a, a powerful female character that I think that uh, could have really been elevated and pushed far. But I mean, clearly, um, you know, my opinion isn't the accurate one because the Wonder Woman, Woman movies with her featuring it are very popular. Yeah. 100%. Um, I'll bring it back to Batman because we could talk about all the rest of the Justice League all day because they're just all very popular characters in the DC Cinematic Universe and the DC Comics in general. But um, I'll bring it back all the way to the start. And I think the very first one, if I'm correct, other I'm not talking about Adam West. These are the movies that I'm going off of. But I think it's the one with Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Correct me if I'm wrong. Michael Those aren't the first. There was like some '60s cartoon, like movie or animated, or not animated, a live-action Batman. But I think that was like the '80s with uh, with Jack Nicholson as the Joker, right? Because you know, there's there was like the the spandex Batman. I don't know if you guys seen that, know that suit that I'm talking about, where he's running away from the bomb. You know that that little meme. Yeah, I've seen that. That's what <laughs> we're talking about. That's Adam West. That's playing. Adam West. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. But yes. it's actually very interesting because I, there was another character that was actually a subset of Batman that even predated Batman, which he was essentially this cowboy with a cowl and uh, had guns, I believe. I can't remember the exact uh, the exact history of that. But then it was a nice tip of the hat in the Bane movie. The, the team of the football game is depicting that character that would eventually later become Batman, which I thought was great. But I'll throw it back over to Dallas because you guys want to set up the movies again. Okay, so let's just go back to the first one. And like I said, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first one was that Jack Nicholson is the Joker. I'm pretty sure that was the first Batman. It's either that one or – yeah, that was the first one because I'm pretty sure Returns was with Catwoman and uh, Penguin. Um, I liked the first Batman movie, and that's with Michael Keaton, if I'm correct. Um, I thought it was good. I just thought it was very light and fluffy, for, and especially for the Joker. I thought it was a little bit odd. Um, 
but don't get me wrong, Jack Nicholson is an amazing a- actor. Um, I thought it was a good good show overall, but I thought they kind of brought the darkness back with Penguin when he's like biting off the mayor's nose and like has like the, the Penguin robots that are blowing up. And I haven't seen it in a while, but and Catwoman, obviously. I thought those movies were good. But then the next ones that we got to talk about are, uh, I, well, I think it's Val Kilmer was the first Val one, Kilmer. Bat- Batman yep. Forever. Yep. And then that one, okay, like for its time, it had an all-star cast. It had it had Jim Carrey as the Riddler. It had Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. It had Val Kilmer as Batman. I can't remember the chick's name in it. Um, she's really good in it, too. And really so is too. Robin, the guy uh, who played Robin. What's his name? Phenomenal. I can't remember the actor's name off the top of my head, but he did probably the best live action depictions of Robin I've ever seen. I, I think that the Val Kilmer movies with, uh, with like Dallas said, these all-star line casts, um, Batman um, Forever is a great movie. It's very campy and there's a lot of like really odd scenes in it, um, but I think it's great. They also did obviously the sequel with uh, Bane, Mr. Freeze uh, um, and Poison Ivy which I thought that those movies were a little bit uh, over the top. I don't, I've never seen any of these movies. Maybe when I was really young, but I've never, I don't remember any of them, to be honest. 100% you've seen, <laughs> you've seen the Valkyrie. I know I've, I've seen some of the, some of those movies, but I, I can't remember them at all. They weren't, I don't want to knock them because they're like, well, I, I will knock them. The one with Mr. Freeze is dog shit. It's complete trash. Alicia Silverstone is Isn't bad. Arnold, him. doesn't Arnold play? Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. as Mr. Freeze <laughs> carried that. Oh, yeah. Chill. <laughs> Freaking just icing everybody. And it like they, it starts right out of the gate in the in that movie. Uh, I can't even remember what it's called. I know Batman Forever and it's it's really forgettable the original opening scene is like robin uh, on a uh, robin bike or whatever and batman in the batmobile chasing around mr freeze in his little tank and i don't know man it was i'm too chill yeah it was pretty it was pretty lame um like you said both those both those movies in in that um i don't know what you call want to call them like a, a sequel or whatever but both those movies were very like catlin said campy um they had a lot of weird stuff in them, like. But I mean, obviously, it Batman Forever was good. I just didn't like the Val bad Kilmer. nipples. It wasn't Val Kilmer that one. It was George, George Clooney. Clooney. I know. So I, I don't trust even me. Know if it's if you would consider it a direct sequel, I believe it's the same Robin. It's the same Robin. Yeah. But that's the thing they do with these films back in the day, especially is they kind of interchange characters and whatever. It felt very comic book esque, where nothing really fit the script. They would have their own liberties and take their own liberties with these sort of things. But it really felt like once Christopher Nolan got a hold of the series, uh, he really just put that, uh, you know, put that script in the concrete and really felt like he really grounded it. So I was really happy to see how he was able. I, I, I can't even think of a single complaint against all three of those movies. I really also enjoyed, enjoyed the first one, even though the first one is a lot more. Uh, less popular than the Bane or the Joker one. The first one, in my opinion, seemed more of like a, it seemed like he was following more of a, just a, just a stereotypical kind of comic book movie feel. Whereas the second two movies definitely took a different direction. Yeah, they were darker too. The first, like the first, don't get me wrong. The first movie was a little bit, well, the first movie was dark too, but I mean the second and especially the third one were way more dark. You're like seeing in the third one, you're seeing civil war between cops and bad guys. You know what I mean? In the second one, you're literally seeing Joker blow up a hospital and like taping people to chair and chairs and killing them, hanging them from freaking the, the crane and smashing against the window with the smiley face on him and like threatening to kill the mayor and stuff like obviously the Nolan ones I I like that aspect of it is because they went from 
like semi dark with the Michael Keaton movies. And then they went to, like I said, the Val Kilmer movie was, was, it was still a little bit darker than the, than the one with Mr. Freeze. But I mean, then they got like really dark. And then I think you got to see the true grittiness of Batman and who he was supposed to be like depicted. That's how Batman is, right? Like just beating the shit out of criminals, man. Like no mercy. Like they watch his family get butchered in front of him. He literally at the beginning of the movie and Batman McGinn's was literally going to go shoot the guy that killed his parents. You know what I mean? And I just, yeah, it's just, I, I really, really like the Nolan really, trilogy. That really kind of hits the nail as, as far as what I was saying before with uh, Batman's progression. You know, you have, as Carter mentioned, the start of it with the, the, the Adam West and spandex running around silly with the bomb, uh, saying all <laughs> sorts of ridiculous stuff. And then now you have the more, more recent one that hasn't come out yet is the Robert Pattinson one where it's very dark and the Batmobile's back lights up and it just looks great. Um, you know, and, and subtle things like that, like, uh, you know, the progression of Batman has been so fun to watch over the years, because uh, it's just great to see how, you know, this is back in the day where comic books and, uh, you know, superheroes were very associated with being kind of a geek or a nerd, you know, you wouldn't really want to, you know, tell a new date that you had Batman sheets or something like that. But now I feel like that's kind of celebrated. You know, someone comes over and they see a Batman lampshade, you know, you you may potentially be getting busy near that shade. So it's just great to see that, uh, you know, as he has evolved, um, he's really kind of impacted the culture and kind of impacted, you know, how he's been portrayed. And I think portrayal, especially of this character, is very important. It's really great to see a great character who had somewhat of a humble uh, beginning as like a, det a colorful detective who had a sidekick. It was very Sherlock Holmes kind of esque. To now, you know, he's basically this uh, dark, brooding character who's just breaking rib cages. So I, I love to see that. Um, and there's very few characters that I can even say, you know, in superheroes in general, that you just see this overarching uh, kind of uh, progression where it feels very polished and it feels like when you think of Batman now you know what you're thinking about you're thinking of the dark cape crusader that's really uh you know just in the shadows of Gotham City um yeah uh can I just talk about uh the the games as well are really are really incredible the Arkham games uh they really go back to kind of the detective approach in some of those games where you're looking for clues and shit like that and also the combat in those games is just really good as well as the story and the characters, all they just kill it in those games. The Arkham series are great games. I could literally do a, a, a separate podcast just on the games. Like, they were very well done. The combat is probably the best thing about them. But even the cinematics, like, I literally... Um, probably i guess it was a year ago now but i literally watched all the cinematics uh from the video games like in order and they're it's it's like watching a movie it was actually really really well done but i just want to bring it back to what catlin was saying about the um not nostalgia that's not the right word but just like the feel now compared to back in the day like i remember in grade 11 i wore a batman shirt to high school and like people were like razzing me like oh you wearing a batman shirt like cool like people almost had to get batman beat down but then like, bring it back 10 years later when i went to see uh the dark knight rises in theater i was wearing a batman shirt in the theater and everyone's like man that's such a sick shirt like dude that shirt's dope like you know what i mean whereas just within a 10-year time period how much it changed you know what i mean like now now like catlin said it's celebrated everyone's like like all all these movies are like dc and marvel are huge they're absolutely huge i don't really think think there's too many things that rivaled them other than maybe star wars like they're just very popular and 
kid, kids nowadays can celebrate them and they're, they don't have to be embarrassed about wearing a Batman shirt or anything like that because it's it's mainstream now. It's not like the little 110-pound nerd that's never got out of mommy and daddy's basement wearing them now. It's the freaking guys that are going to the gym wearing them or like, you know, the ultimate fighters, blah, blah, blah. I just think that's really cool that finally it can be celebrated instead of, you know, wearing it only when you're downstairs in your basement. I think that uh, as much as I love, um, you know, the movies and going to the theater and experiencing a lot of these live action things, you know, there's other media that's really great with Batman. And I think that Carter touched on it with the video games. I think the video games are really fun, but I like a lot of the obscure kind of uh, uh, things with Batman, especially sometimes in the comics. I don't want to get too deep with the comics, but there's just a couple ones off the top of my head that I can think of um, is um, the Batman where essentially he's a vampire and it's like, I believe it's called the the Red Rain series or whatever, where he's this, you know, he's a vampire. And it felt really cool where it's like, of course, that's a, a way to do it. Or like you'll have this the Batman. samurai rendition of Batman. Was yeah, really cool I, I, I felt like that one was like, all right. But then you have ones like the Joker or sorry, the Batman who laughs, which is probably one of my favorite comic book series where batman is now hit with the gas and he has a, a group of robins on chains that are like zombie dogs and like it just his look is incredible i think that's great also there's another character that i think never gets uh, mentioned at all and i think he's a really great character and his name is Azrael. and he was one of batman's proteges that wasn't a robin you know he was also i believe if i'm not mistaken he was a either a reincarnation or he's an immortal of a, an old school templar of the round table where he was a, like essentially a paladin a holy knight where he he is a very you know big fan of justice like batman but uh he doesn't really take batman's approach uh you know with uh, some of his ideals but he you know he has like a, a blessed holy blade that has like flames and stuff i think Azrael is very cool i i also think he made an appearance in the um arkham games as well but some of the obscure ones are great. But the one that I really want to talk about is Batman Beyond. I love the idea of how Dallas was talking about Ben Affleck's Batman was a very weathered kind of uh, throughout his timeline Batman. But my, one of my favorite uh, side series is definitely when uh, uh, Batman is an elderly man and he has Terry come in and, and take up the mantle with this new sleek suit. It's in the future. The theme song is great. Uh, the atmosphere is really, really incredible. Um, that was another animated series. Again, Carter says, you know, DC does the cartoons so um, so slick. It's true. They do it great. They've been doing it great for years. Um, I think Batman Beyond, I would love to see an uh, adaptation in the live theater of Batman Beyond. I think that there's a lot of really cool, interesting characters, especially some of the villains like Blight. He's very cool. He's a spooky kind of nuclear skeleton man. I really like the the imagery as well with this new sleek Batman. You know, he can fly. He's got rocket boots. He's got the 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 gliding uh, tensile fabric within the armpits. He's ripping around. But you always have the the real Batman sitting behind the chair giving the information from the computer. I always loved how they did that. I love that. I, that's one thing about Batman Beyond that I really thought was interesting because Batman um, in some renditions has Oracle, which is uh, Barbara Gordon sitting behind the chair. But for Terry to have Bruce behind the chair when he's doing everything, especially an old 
bitter kind of a dick bruce it was it's it's really cool to see like i remember him beating down people with his cane in that show multiple times like he's thug life man you could tell he'd been through some shit and it, it is, i don't know when that exactly happens in the timeline or what happened because who knows with all the different renditions of batman but it was really interesting to just see like an old broken down bruce that could barely walk that was still able to whoop terry's ass if he got out of line it was nice i liked it another thing that i'll bring up is I don't know if you remember this, Catelyn Carter. You you honestly, I hate to cut you out of this one, but you weren't even born yet. Um, you remember the VHS, the VHSs we used to have for the Batman animated series with the Joker Christmas one, the and, Joker uh... Christmas, and the and the the Joker Last Laugh, where he was tear to like tear gas at everybody with the Joker saw uh, Joker spray or whatever, and then where Batman fought the shark or whatever at the end. Like those were, oh, I love that one. Those where, were you know. old school, dude. Like old school, and I'm pretty sure that was the first time Mark Hamill actually did the Joker. Yeah. And I love his laugh, man. Like his, like he's I incredible. I mean, I could sit here and talk about Mark Hamill just as a voice actor for for hours. But again, yeah, that was the animated series. I believe is from the '90s. Um, and this yep. thing was great. But the thing was, too, the 90s was a very great time for animated series. You had X-Men, which had one of the best animated series of all time. You had Spider-Man, who actually did this great animated series, which, uh, again, all three of these had great, incredible intro music. I think the X-Men, personally, was my favorite intro music of all time. Um, the na -na 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 -na. Oh, dude, I literally, okay, that's on Disney Plus right now. And I literally watched the first eight episodes like three days ago. Like, I watched that entire series. It's incredible. I love how it's so weird and strange with some of the areas they go to, like when they do the arc with Magneto in the Forgotten Land, or how when they do the, the way they have Cable and Apocalypse are, are like, you know, mortal enemies. I love time travel. I love the idea that, uh, you know, Cable's coming back and he's juiced and he's fucking has all this tech from the future. I love that advantage that the future can just give you when you come back in time. It would be like if someone, you know, from modern day time would go back to, you know, cowboys and Indians days where they're shooting bows and arrows and they have little revolvers, you know, going back with uh, some of the technology we have nowadays. It's always, I love the dynamic of going back with uh, technology to, uh, to very back in the time. But Again, these are the, the, the animated series that Batman was in. Um, it was great. It had a lot of uh, phenomenal episodes. Mark Hamill offering his voice as well. Um, but the voice actor for Batman as well, I think that needs a, a little bit of a tip to the hat too as well, because he also reprised his voice role in um, the Arkham games as well. So it was cool to see him come back. And, you know, sometimes they would give him a line and he would say, oh, Batman would never say that. And he would change the line. I, I love how he really, uh, he knew the, the character, you know, as, as well as we did, because he almost was the character. And he was the character for sure for a lot of us. Absolutely, he was. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he started with the actual animated series, the cartoon. And then he was in The Mask of the Phantasm. And there was like, I think, three or four other movies after that. I can't remember them all off the top of my head. But yeah, then he, like, like you said, years later 10 15 years later he replies even in the last arkham game that just came out not too long ago probably i guess probably three years ago now but he reprises role in that as well and it just he sounds the exact same age didn't do him any wear and tear man he sounded amazing in those games and even just the way he'd like yell just like he would in the show like it was just, just it's, it's epic man I, I like carter said i'm a huge fan of the arkham games man they really they really make it feel like batman is batman you know what i mean and when you're flying around the city and you're sounding like an IGN reviewer, man. <laughs> it really makes you feel like you're Spider-Man. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're Batman. 
Dude, well, it does, dude. I think it's so. I think with all the gadgets and stuff, the only complaint. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop Arkham as soon as I say this. But the only complaint I have, and um, Catelyn will say it's because of my video game prowess. But I just don't like some of the puzzle aspects where I'm getting stuck all the time. That's the only thing with those games. I don't that think I... that that's a, a bad complaint at all. I think that uh, one thing I have noticed. I mean, I've only played the Arkham games a little tiny bit, but yeah, me um, as well. But some of the conveyance for some of these puzzles is very poorly, um, uh, poorly conveyed. I, I just sometimes you do feel like you run into a brick wall. And I think brick walls in video games is so frustrating and so annoying for so many people, especially when, the, when it feels like it wasn't your fault that you were kind of uh, bottlenecked into some of these uh, areas. It's just poor conveyance, I think, especially. Um, I think Arkham uh, was, they, these are phenomenal games. I think they have a massive uh, community that loves these games. But the one complaint, and I'm totally with Dallas on that, I believe that these games have, uh, for some of their puzzles, a lot of really poor ways of describing or telling the character, or sorry, rather the player, uh, how to do some of these puzzles and how to, uh, you know, be able to complete some of these challenges. Okay, I'm going to bring it back full circle, not all the way back to the beginning, because honestly, no offense, people, I'm, the Michael Keaton movies weren't that great, and Batman Forever was was decent but the one after was dog shit so we'll go straight to the nolan trilogy i have to um his progression as a character in those movies from when he starts off in the very first scene in like a prisoner encampment where you find out he's stealing tech from bruce wayne which is actually himself so he's not even really stealing he kind of seems like us in a way almost like kind of a spoiled kid at the beginning of that those movies and then to well, see he how he trans- yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, kind of a multi-billionaire. Like, yeah. I don't know how much more spoiled you can get. <laughs> oh, he was spoiled, and that's that's the that's the that's the progression. He literally goes from from a spoiled kid to at the beginning of the movie to the very end of the movie, the very last scene of the movie after he takes out Ra's al Ghul, he finally builds up Lieutenant Gordon's. Um, trust in everything and then at the very last scene of the movie he's literally getting a Joker card which is signaling the next movie so you literally get to watch Batman from a punk ass kid little bitch go to all of a sudden get this training from Ra's al Ghul and honestly even before he got the training from Ra's al Ghul you could tell he was doing some shady shit because he was beating the crap out of like eight guys when he had barely any training you know what I mean and then after he went into the League of Shadows he really took up his own mantle and then I got a shout out to one particular character in the movie um Alfred is amazing and he's one of my one of one of my favorite characters in the whole series because you can just feel his emotion in the character you know why do we fall Bruce so we can pick ourselves back up and he's so he's a brilliant character but Morgan freaking Freeman man he Fox dude Lucius dude he plays him so amazing and he's just so well spoken it was really nice to see that Batman had that extra extra bit of genius in his corner with which i also think is kind of a takeaway of batman in general because batman in in his in his own right is a genius you know his genius level intellect in the comics is what allows him to be able to take on some of these characters like superman that there's no physical way he could but with his technology and with his brain alone he can right he's like basically the iron man of the dc universe but he kind of relies a lot on fox's brain and in uh 
the Nolan trilogy. So it's less of his intellect and more of his physical attributes, right? Whereas I think in this new Robert Pattinson movie, we're really going to see the intellect come back and come full circle when he's dealing with a character like the Riddler. I really like uh, Scarecrow's portrayal in the in the Christopher Nolan movies. I really like the scenes where he sprays him with the gas and then it just seems like they're on a fucking really bad acid trip, you know? Uh, the scenes where, you know, Batman uses it against him and then you see Batman turn into this like fucking terrifying creature. I love that scene. And yeah, that actor scenes, that know. actor is actually really good too. I, I forget his name off the top of my head. I feel like yeah, I mean either cool for forgetting all these these classic uh, actors, but he's incredible. I think his he even comes back in the Bane one as the judge who's making people walk out on the ice. It was really cool to see him come back. Uh you know he, he was in the second one too. Yeah. I can't remember him in the second one. 100% but... at the very beginning of the movie. I'm not right. wearing hockey pads. Right, right, right. Of course. Yeah, he's in all three. He, yeah, yeah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, when he was basically trying to trade that person to that gang. And then all of a sudden the hockey pad Batman's come out of the woodwork. And then, yeah, yeah no, I, again, I just think that it was so incredible that Nolan was able to just, like, I couldn't believe how well he was able to do this, uh, with the character of Batman, it was just so great to watch um, going from a time to chill kind of Mr. Freeze to this very grounded and great, uh, this movie where, you know, I feel like uh, this is a bit of a, a bit of a reach, but everything before Nolan just felt like nothing. It didn't feel like it even counted. It just felt like it was so silly and bizarre robbers you know robin's wearing rubber lips and kissing poison ivy and they got the bat card and this all nipples. this ridiculousness yeah and they're showing nipples on the suit and whenever they'd suit up there'd be close-ups of their junk and ass I, again I, I i'm sure it you know at the time it was groundbreaking because they used a lot of these um interesting props and the sets were incredible uh notably the scene where you know robin's fighting all these like rainbow neon gang and like i just love the aesthetic of that i loved how they looked they all had like skulls paint on their face and there's like you know those those choreographed scenes i think were really the uh the the greatest part of the batman forever movie for sure and and, and admittedly i i like the batman forever movie i think that jim carrey was uh as much as i don't like jim carrey i think he was good for the riddler um and i think that Tommy wow, that's a that's a hot take I think that Tommy Lee Jones um, was also very good at Two-Face, even though in the Nolan movies, I mean, the the Two-Face that was in the second of the Nolan movies was, you can't beat that. That Harvey Dent was incredible. I love how they they ripped this white knight and threw him to the ground and made him this, this terrible, you know, terrible villain that, uh, you know, Gordon had to eventually uh, cover for. Yeah, I think the Nolan movies definitely set the pace for the games as well as the new movies that are coming out. I don't think if it weren't for the, I think if it weren't for the Christopher Nolan movies, we wouldn't have this dark gritty cinematic Batman that we have today. Well, they had to compare it to something, right? Because all they had before was like Michael Keaton's movies. Like, like I said, the first Joker movie um, in the original Batman wasn't that dark. You know, the penguin one was a little more dark for its time, but then when you have Batman forever, which was lighthearted and fun for the most part, there was a few scenes in there, like when Dick Grayson's family died, that were kind of sad and stuff, but the Mr. Freeze one, it literally was like, it was like a laugh the whole time. It was like, I don't know. I, I hate to say it because it had Uma Thurman, it had freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger, like it had real Alicia Silverstone. I get, she's 
dead in the Hollywood now, but it had good actors and it's and George Clooney as Batman. Like it had really good cast, but obviously the script, the script just wasn't, it just wasn't, couldn't keep up with Batman forever. And I think if they would have went a little further with that and uh, the sex, the sequel to forever would have been better than the first one. Maybe they would have got traction for another movie, but that movie flopped so hard at the box office. That was basically what killed it. And then obviously Nolan was able to bring it back, but we got to bring up the Joker. We have to bring up Heath Ledger's last role in any film that he did. Um, it was it was it was dark, twisted, but it was also like a very sophisticated Joker. Like he he had plans, you know what I mean? Like it's all part of the plan. Like he's so he was such a good. The script that Nolan I, or whoever wrote the script and Nolan also produced it or whatever, but like the actual script itself, it just it was such a. He just was such a smart joker and he like knew 10 steps ahead what was going to happen um, other than the, obviously the final boat scene where they're going to blow up the boats. But I think when Batman and him are in the tower and they're fighting with the dogs, like I think that was iconic. And when Batman shot, shot him in the face with his uh, whatever you call him, the bat spikes or whatever, I think it was really, really well done scripted fight. And also, his whole point was that he wasn't going to risk the fate of Gotham to a fist fight with Batman. He already had Harvey Dent, which turned Harvey Dent against uh, Commissioner Gordon at that time, right? So he literally, he not only was he planning on fighting Batman, but he already had a plan after that. So I just think it was really well done. Obviously, he killed it in the role. I think the role in the jail was or his not role but his um acting in the jail was amazing when he's literally in the cage with batman and he smashes his head on the desk and then punches his hand and then start like and his cackling like it was very well done heath ledger killed it um it makes me sad that he passed away i thought he was an amazing actor um it would have been nice to see what they would have done if he would have stayed alive because he would have definitely been making a return for the third batman movie they had to obviously make other plans with bane and stuff like that um but then yeah you can jump right into tom hardy's bane um he got like don't get me wrong he he was huge in bronson but he got a little more tight and a little more shredded to play bane and like just he's a human being and just to watch him throw batman into the air and break his back was epic and it's not with like you said he doesn't have venom he's literally just a beast of a human being and straight up broke his back like it was sick it was i think bane did a great job and i love his voice i love his because it's not the typical voice like i was born in the dark molded by it like it doesn't even you wouldn't think that's bane at all man like in the comics that's not bane he's like got a deep voice he's like crazy but he's it's like it's like almost like he's just got a squeaky little bitch voice but he's this jacked ass thug life from the freaking league of shadows it's not well what's interesting actually is um tom hardy's inspiration for that voice was like an old-timey boxer at the time and apparently he sounded like that in some of the the early uh the early like very rudimentary video that uh, could record audio but that's what he was inspired for but the one thing that i do really like about these movies is each movie feels very very different you have the first movie where it feels like you know it's a coming of age story where batman is kind of finding himself there's a lot of psychological elements to it like you know the nerve gas that makes you trip or even just the fact that uh you know like ayahuasca and the league of shadows and yeah like there's a lot himself. of psychological elements i feel like it was a very psychological based uh movie and then you have the joker which again the incredible um acting of heath really really drove it home but i think it was just a phenomenal movie in general but it was a very different one from the first now you have a very uh 
you you have a very clear objective who your villain is but he keeps eluding batman and he keeps setting up these uh you know these different uh ways of essentially fucking with batman while he's uh trying to go through his uh his his portrayal of of a hero in town i think it was really uh, it felt calculated so i mean the first one felt psychological the second one felt very calculated um, and then in the third one, Batman is met with a threat that is now his physical equal. You know, like how Dallas said, Joker wasn't planning on fighting Batman physically. It was more of a, you know, a calculated effort. But in the third one, um, we, we get to see like what happens when someone can, uh, you know, break their back with, uh, uh, with their knee. Um, it was the first time that he, he had a very physically uh, competent opponent. Um, the one thing, the only negative thing I could even take away from you know, the movies or even the Joker movie specifically, it's just it ruined Halloween for the next three years. You know, everyone would come out thinking that they were the Joker. It really, really was unfortunate. And then again, Suicide Squad did it with Harley Quinn. I don't know why these people like really, really fixate on these things, but I, I really liked Joker and the character, but I really don't like how the fan base took it and almost made it cringy and very um, hard to really appreciate the role because I think Heath Ledger really killed it. He obviously got into the headspace to play such an iconic villain. And then it just took a bunch of nerds and, and people who really took it to this weird level, much the same as people take uh, the Sonic uh, fan fix and the fan arts to the, the weirdest level possible. It felt very in the realm of that, but it was nice to see that these movies really hit a massive home run. I hate can we to talk about uh, uh, can we talk about the Joaquin Phoenix movie just for a bit? one sec one sec you can go into that right just because I want to build off exactly what Kat was saying mm-hmm. and I hate to be that guy and hopefully I'm hoping like the viewership has teetered off at this point so you guys don't have to hear this but whoever parents let their four-year-old girls dress up as Harley Quinn you deserve to be bat punched in the face like it's it's really disgraceful how parents allow their little daughters and stuff like that to walk around in a in a tank top and a skirt trying to impersonate these things it's it's literally like Catlin said it's cringy so probably just stop thank you Kay Carter walking phoenix yeah, um, I think Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of Joker was really was really good, and I think coming off the tail of uh, of Heath Ledger, I think uh, honestly they're quite equal in performance, in my personal opinion. I think they both killed it in different different regards. So my problem with the movies, um, you know, it's actually really funny because I had a, a co-worker that me and him had a massive debate on this. Um, he loved Joker, the movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I think that Joaquin Phoenix did a really good job for, for what it was. It felt like a, a Joker kind of backstory. But the one thing that I've always loved about Joker is you don't have the backstory. You don't know where he's coming from. It's just, you know, this crazy maniacal villain that never really had his backstory really uh, drawn out and I really don't like that they they tried to make they tried to humanize Joker in fact the one thing that I noticed in the in the movie for sure is that they tried to make it a very perspective driven thing like how Batman always has the perspective he's a hero but in this movie um, Wayne and Wayne Enterprises they're kind of pieces of shit they don't really give a fuck about the poor um, it's portrayed that uh, I think it's even nodded to a little bit in the movie that Joker may potentially be Batman's brother, which I hate that. Um, I think that the role was fine. I'm not. No, really... I think it was. That was like, I think that was thrown out of the window towards the end of the movie, where it's like, oh, you're actually not related. That was just your mother being fucking crazy or whatever. Right, right. But again, um, you know, they had this whole scene in it where he has like, uh, you know, a girlfriend, and it turns out he's just like a psycho. 
Um, the one thing that I will say about the Joker movie that I was really disappointed with is the fact that a lot of the media really try to jump Joaquin Phoenix with the idea that these movies inspire violence and this kind of criminal activity and stuff. Um, I don't think it's a really fair criticism to make of Joaquin Phoenix by saying that, by essentially saying that these movies are promoting violence. Um, I think that it's really kind of annoying when you have these kind of far right conservative people who will claim that, you know, violence in video games makes people violent and this sort of thing. Um, I, I feel like people who are going to see the Joker movie, which is a rated R movie, um, typically are adults and they can make their own decisions. I don't think that someone's going to go in there, you know, pristine and white coming out and wanting to murder a bunch of people. I think that it's kind of silly to make these leaps. The media has been doing this for years and years, trying to basically make things not fun anymore. It seems like sometimes their job is to make things that are fun, not fun. Um, I love fun and I think fun's great. So I, I don't like, I don't like it that they try to um, taint this, this actor's portrayal of this character by basically saying he's inciting violence. I think that's a ridiculous claim. Um, it just, you know, so happened, uh, you know, during a lot of civil unrest in the United States, this movie came out with too. So, um, you know, I think that the, in my personal opinion, um, I can see why people like the Joker movie. I personally didn't like the movie. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I didn't like the movie is the number one reason um, is just because of the idea that uh, I don't want there to be a Joker uh, origin story. I love the mystery and I love the, the kind of... Um, enigmatic background that joker's always had like why does he have the white face and stuff they even try to do some of a an an origin based thing with uh jack nicholson's where he fell in the vat and his face is permanently twisted like he was a regular dude before that like i don't like i don't want them to do that like and it's very kind of uh you know that's my take on it uh the second thing i had a problem with the movie is just like um I, I feel like how they dealt with, uh, you know, mental illness, um, the kind of, it felt like they were kind of making it sexy. Like it's kind of, you know, he had like an uncontrollable laughing disease where like he had to give people a card when he was laughing too hard. Um, I don't, I, I think that, you know, obviously mental health is something that should be definitely um, when done, it should be done very, very articulately and very like well done. You can't really make mistakes when trying to portray mental illness in movies. I think that's really important because it is a really important topic. Um, so those were my two ones for sure. Um, I mean, the iconic scene where he, you know, shoots Murray in the face. I love that. I love that scene. I think that's such a a cool scene. Um, but it just felt like, it felt like for me, the Joker movie was kind of a performance. It felt like it should have been like a play. There are a lot of like really, you know, artsy scenes. And I, I really do appreciate a lot of artsy scenes and stuff, but I felt like, like when he's dancing all skinny and weird in the bathroom was like, it's just a strange scene. People really like there that. There are a lot of strange scenes in that movie, man. Dude, like where he goes into the, the the fridge and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they definitely did that purposefully. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the movie. I thought it was dog shit. I'm not a fan of uh, Walking Phoenix. So, well, see that really? me and you kind oh. of go down different roads. I love Walking Phoenix. I think that me basically too. everything he's ever in is great. I think that his performance was great in it. I just I don't like the the uh, essentially the content that was going to be a part of it, no matter who did the role. I think that Joaquin Phoenix did a great job. Um, he's very similar in uh, Christian Bale that he can do this body transformation where he, he looks so sickly and gaunt in this movie. Um, I think he, that he really pulled off um, the origin of Joker. If there was someone who was going to do it and there was someone who was going to write it, I think that they did a good job with what, what, what it was. But again, I just feel personally that I love the mystery of uh you know, the, the, the background of Joker. I love the idea that it just seems like he just kind of came out of nowhere just to fuck with Batman. I've always loved that. Um, 
And uh, like I say, you know, it's the, that's what's great about not only the movies and the comics, but also some of the uh, the Offset series too. Like again, how I was mentioning Batman Beyond, um, you know, Joker comes back, and uh, it's it's nice to see him come back and that sort of thing. They also did another one, which I think is like not the way to do Joker. Um, I think there's a lot of really cool ways to do Joker, but the one way I don't like seeing Joker um, is how they did him in the Batman animated series, where it was kind of this. Uh, this clowny uh, straight jacket joker and then i think he could get really big and he was ripped or that could have been one of the arkham games but i don't like the idea of a joker who is just this monstrosity that can beat up batman i've never liked a joker that can beat up batman i've always liked how dallas was saying with uh the nolan second movie is how it was a mind game and he had he was playing chess and batman been playing checkers for years so it just felt really nice that he was always one step ahead of him that's the thing. That's the thing that I. That's the main problem I had with the Walking Phoenix um, Joker is he was mentally unwell. He the Joker, no matter basically which rendition you pick, he is always one step ahead of Batman. That that Joker wouldn't have been one step ahead of anything. Like he just, he didn't have the IQ in in my opinion. Like he he just didn't have the brain power to really accomplish. Like I couldn't see that Batman uh, that Joker ever going up against any of the Batmans from any of the movies. Maybe maybe Adam West. But like, you know what I mean? It just it just doesn't really make sense to me how that Batman could ever go and or that Joker, sorry, could ever go anywhere because he just he was mentally unwell. I just it just I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of the movie. I tried. That's I watched a good it three point. times. That's a good point. He doesn't really feel like a villain in that movie. He's more just like it's more kind of its own thing. But I think I def- that was their goal with it. They wanted to kind of take the the whimsy and kind of the fantasy away and just kind of do this really oddball version of the Joker uh, origin story, which I think they did pretty well. If that was again, that was the goal they were shooting for. I think they did that well. But how Dallas said before, you know, Joker has always been mentally unwell. He's a psychotic killer, but he's sorry, always, that's not what I meant. I meant IQ wise. He's always always had a plan. He's always articulated it well. This guy couldn't even really determine if he had a girlfriend or not. He was in La La Land. I feel <laughs> like it would have been very difficult for him to, you know, like Dallas said, kind of even go toe to toe with Batman as far as wits. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing, right? He wouldn't, he couldn't outwit like you know anybody in the show let alone batman who's supposed to have this genius level intellect like yeah he definitely wasn't going toe-to-toe definitely not physically with the, with even the adam west batman like <laughs> walking would have got rolled it kind of felt like a taxi driver kind of movie though you know what i mean like where he's just this guy who's you, you kind of feel for him but at the same time it's like oh he's kind of like fucked in the head and i'm like i don't know I think those movies definitely draw similarities as well. Just having Robert De Niro in them, I think those movies definitely draw some some similarities. Yeah, there was parts in it that I liked, but I mean overall, I just thought it was kind of a clusterfuck. I just I didn't think it was very well scripted, and a lot of people like the like like Catlin said, like the artsy format, and like but like he said, I think more of a play. A play would have done it justice, you know what I mean, on Broadway or something like that, not an actual cinematic event. And it was also the budget was super low too, so I mean that could be another thing as well. But um, basically, that's probably going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, we all had some valid points, and I really thought that. Uh, it was it was well done. Batman is like always going to be iconic. He's never going to die. They're going to keep bringing him back. I thought after the Nolan trilogy, Batman was going to say bye bye for like twenty years, but 
Robert Pattinson's bringing it back, and I'm super excited for that one. And once that's out, we are definitely going to be doing a podcast just on that one because from the trailer, it looks like it could be one of the best Batmans to date. So um, that's it from the three brothers. Um, we really appreciate all the support we've been getting, guys. So if you like, uh, if you uh, watch this whole video, like, subscribe. Our social media information is all in the link below. And have a good day. Peace. Later.